Hello, everybody. This is Mikey G from Which Game First, and I have Dave Beck with me today. He's got a game called Distilled that he wants to tell us all about. Hello, Dave. Hey, Mikey. How you doing? So happy to be here. I am happy to have you. Why don't you start off by just telling everybody what this game is all about? Yeah, sure. Happy to. So uh, Distilled, uh, the the subtext is Distilled, the spirited strategy game. And uh, (laughs) spirited doesn't necessarily mean ghosts, like Ghostbusters in this case, but more spirits is in uh, fine spirits that you would drink. So uh, this is actually the first ever board game, kind of strategy board game, about distilling alcohol. You've got lots of uh, games about wine. You got some uh, lots of great games about beer, but there's none out there about uh, specifically about making uh, distilling spirits like whiskey and vodka and gin. So that's what you've done in this game. You have inherited a distillery from some long lost relative, some long lost ancestor, and it's your job to bring it back to its former glory um, by distilling different spirits from all around the world, um, uh, represented from you know literally uh, dozens of, of different spirits you can choose from. <laughs> Uh, mm-hmm. And you're going to do that competing against other people uh, to try and create those spirits by using different ingredients and items. Uh, and then eventually, whoever has uh, created the most prestigious spirits in the land will be crowned the master distiller <laughs> and victor of the game. The most talked about spirits right. in all the land. Yes. Yeah. I, when, I saw the, uh, when I saw the title, I was thinking, man, that's kind of a cool play, like double entendre with spirits and the spirits of your ancestors. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So was that on purpose? Uh, you know, it was one of those things where I found that in um, uh, in America, oftentimes they'll say liquor or alcohol, but mm-hmm. um, kind of the more the more uh, sophisticated way of talking about <laughs> alcohol is spirits. And so I, I decided to stick on that because liquor and liquor sounded too, I don't know, uh, it just didn't sound at the level mm-hmm. as I was going for. And alcohol could be anything. So spirits really does that. But you're right. Mm-hmm. Once we came up with, I worked with my artist on this. I came up with the idea. Yeah, we should inherit this from an ancestor. We did think yeah. about that, and the some of the art actually even tries to represent that uh, almost kind of like this dusty old dark distillery <laughs> that we've inherited. That who knows? Maybe it's maybe it's got some ghosts as well in it. Who knows? Yeah, maybe. Uh, so, have you heard of the uh, the Devil's Cut? Yeah, uh, totally. as part of yeah, that's cool. I, yeah, I just I think there's a lot of spiritual stuff that you can do when you're talking about spirits there, and and there uh, totally. I is. love I I love the backstories that the uh, the characters had too. It was very cool. Did you pull all those from like real characters from history? Great question. So, um, the the base game is going to have uh, around a dozen characters that you can choose mm-hmm. from. Uh, all from all around the world. And what we tried to do was we tried to be authentic to the region, respectful of cultures, um, uh, but then also have a little fun with it. So there's some Easter eggs in there. It's it's Think of it almost as historical uh, nonfiction. Um, okay. uh, or sorry, historical fiction. Historical fiction. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, historical, fi- <laughs> historical nonfiction is a double. <laughs> um, That's history. Yeah. All right. That's Got history. It. <laughs> uh, so anyway, yeah, historical fiction. And uh, Props to my artist. He's all, Eric Evanson is the artist and graphic designer for the game. And he actually has um, uh, a lot of his practice actually is in comic books, but uh, specifically mm-hmm. in Norse mythology. And so he's a kind of a history nut in himself. Uh, and so he's really run with this and created some really cool backstories for these characters. And my background actually is art and history. So history and oh, you know, right. ancient history. So we really kind of played into this as much as we could. 
So you told me a little bit yesterday about like how what inspired you for the game, but like tell everybody else too because I thought it was a pretty cool, uh, pretty cool story. Yeah. So I was fortunate enough to find myself um, living in Scotland in the fall oh, of 2019, yeah. uh, like like people do. <laughs> um, so <laughs> right, of course everybody I mean, yeah, gets oh, a chance okay, to live yeah, in Scotland. Yeah. So super lucky. I'm a I'm a game design professor, and I had a uh, opportunity to have a sabbatical, which essentially means that I get some time to focus on research. Uh, which is mm-hmm. uh, again, I'm I'm very grateful and, and lucky, fortunate to have that. So I'm I'm in Scotland with my family. I'm actually doing some research on something else, an entirely different topic, but I'm also sampling lots of fine whiskeys and I'm touring some great distilleries. Um, and no joke, one night couldn't sleep. And, you know, I'm a big board gamer and I'm a game designer. I couldn't <laughs> mm-hmm. sleep. Um, and the idea just came to me of this, of this idea of the core mechanic for the game um, where how I could maybe represent um, uh, a very important part of the distilling process in a mechanic. And it went from there. I spent all night kind of furiously writing down notes and brainstorming. And by the morning I had distilled, I had the name, I had (laughs) uh, some of the key mechanics uh, for the game uh, and I was off and running. So I spent the rest of my sabbatical in Scotland furiously working on that uh, and touring distilleries. I mean, I had to do some (laughs) research. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. (laughs) You got to have some hands-on research for for a game like this. Come on. Exactly. I I think you do what a lot of designers do is that like you're inspired by something while you're asleep, like, and you wake up in a cold sweat, just needing to get it out onto a page and out into a prototype. Exactly. And those games come together pretty fast too. It's like, you've already played it a couple rounds of it while you're asleep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I've experienced that a bunch of times. It's it's pretty wild. Yeah. Um. Did so. It it seems like you took a kind of a complicated subject of of brewing spirits and found a way to make it kind of a pared down version, but it gives you all the basics. Mm-hmm. Um. Did you intend for it to be more educational, kind of a realistic view of the process, or? Was it just for fun and then it just happened to have an educational component to it? That's a very good question. So um, probably because of my background and my discipline mm-hmm. of, uh, or my, my career, uh, I'm always mm-hmm. thinking about how I can um, enlighten, educate, um, inform people in what their experience might be. So uh, yes, that at the beginning, when I came up with this idea for the mechanic and how it would align thematically with how distilling actually works... Um, Mm -hmm. which essentially I can go into that in in just a bit if you want, but, um, uh, I did, I, I held very true to theme and education as much as I could while still trying to make an entertaining game. And over the course (laughs) of the last year and a half, I've actually had to cut some of those things, unfortunately, because I've realized Mm -hmm. that I was trying too hard to educate, uh, and it was taking some of the fun out of the game. So I've, I've really tried hard to find a, a nice balance between theme and mechanics now where quite honestly, or I should say theme and fun and mecha- theme, fun and mechanics, where quite honestly, <laughs> yeah. it used to be a little bit more um, theme and mechanics and not as much fun because I was driving over, hitting over people's heads, things that maybe aren't that necessary to communicate. Um, so yeah, I definitely, it was a and challenge, but it was a, a lot of fun doing that. Yeah. That's the fine line that a designer always has to walk is like, you want to have the theme be strong enough where you're presenting it in a kind of a interesting way that fits in with what it is. But then 
you know, you have to cut some of the elements just because they're not fun. They're tedious. You know, it, it slows the flow of the game down. So it's really a tricky balance to find out where the fun is without losing your theme altogether. Yeah. And I, that, and you, you're exactly right. It, it is this tricky balance. And I think that uh, there's a lot of designers out there that would say, no, of course I come up with mechanics first and then I'll find a theme, <laughs> uh, which is fine. Mm-hmm. And then there's others that say, no, I, I am inspired by a theme uh, that drives the mechanics. And I'm definitely the, the latter in terms of um, that theme has driven pretty much everything in mm-hmm. the game. Uh, That's cool. um, which I, I feel like, that has the opportunity for creating more unique experiences that you haven't seen before um, mm-hmm. uh, because of the fact that you're basing it on something, especially if it, it's it's something that has not been represented in a game before, like like distilling. Uh, and that's mm-hmm. how I was able to kind of push that because of that reason that it doesn't exist. Let's figure out a way to move this into the game space uh, so others can learn about it, but also kind of enjoy it too. Yeah, and I, I've always been myself been a, mechanics first Mm -hmm. game designer but then i started going from the mechanics and then all the way to the other extreme to the theme and kind of finding a way to meet in the middle with the two Mm -hmm. uh you know but i love game mechanics that are really cool but but i think that starting with a theme can actually help you to decide what mechanics are going to show that theme off best so definitely that, that is definitely a good way to do it yeah is this game uh, published already? Uh, no, it is not. So uh, it's a, we're excited. It's going to be kind of some uh, crazy, crazy time here. Uh, mm-hmm. Putting it up on Kickstarter. So it's going to be um, kickstarting in July uh, and really hoping for this to be funded so that we can see this dream <laughs> become a reality. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so, yeah. So really looking forward to that. And that's going to be a, a big focus here. Awesome. Do you have like a specific Kickstarter date that like in stone or are you kind of? Yeah, definitely. Out stuff? Yeah, it's going to everything is going to uh, debut and launch on July 6th, so Tuesday, July 6th. Um, to- wow, that's soon. I know All it's right. just over a month <laughs> uh, from right now. So so, yeah, we're really excited um, uh, and really building that up. We've got um, games out to different previewers, content creators around the world. Um, and really hoping to to build that community and get, build that buzz about distilled. <laughs> build the buzz. Build Was buzz. that uh, uh, <laughs> that's that's actually something you use for your uh, for your advertising. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Feel the buzz. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah you got a, you have a an, a a host of puns that you could be using. Yeah, take a shot, that. have a taste. Yeah. I, it just goes it <laughs> goes on and on. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait. Evan's gonna love that. He loves puns. So. <laughs> So your Kickstarter is going to launch. How long are you going to run it for? Like a month or something? Uh, about three weeks. About three weeks. Just just uh, three weeks in a few days. But yeah, about three weeks. Love that. We'll definitely um, we'll be talking about that. You can also post you know this interview and our gameplay and all that stuff for your Kickstarter. Yeah, that'll be that'll fun. Be we'll definitely do that. Yep. Man, I want to finish that game so bad. So <laughs> let's talk a little bit about the the type of game that this is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I saw some press your luck in there. I saw some resource management. What would you categorize this game? Yeah, as? you just hit a couple right there. Uh, so um, I would say first and foremost, you've got some resource management that you're working with. You're going to a market trying to obtain different ingredients and items and recipes and, and people and equipment to upgrade your distillery. So that's definitely a, a, a big part of it. Uh, mm-hmm. And really limited resources as far as money goes, so it's it's a it's a tough uh, a line to walk, um, and mm-hmm. that's because you can choose to distill spirits and sell them uh, quickly uh, and get instant cash, 
Or you could go for the long game and have things age in a warehouse, uh, which you're not going to get the cash right away. Uh, and so it's this this tricky decision that players have to make uh, with that resource management approach. Um, mm-hmm. And then, like you said, um, there's definitely some uh, push your luck. I like to say mitigate your luck because essentially <laughs> there's a there's some easy ways that you can mitigate that luck or actually even remove it entirely if you want to invest in it. Um, uh, so that's a big part of the game. Uh, and then finally, I'd say um, uh, recipe fulfillment is another one uh, in mm-hmm. the sense of there's lots of different um, types of uh, sets of things you can collect and try and fulfill uh, to be able to, again, get uh, certain points or or money from that. Um, and again, all wrapped into this idea thematically of essentially acquiring things, crafting things, and then selling those things um, and a kind of rinse and repeat for a number of rounds. <laughs> yeah. it's and, and you do build up on what you've already started with. There's like uh, different types of people that you can hire to either promote your different alcohols to get more money or your spirits, I should say, mm-hmm. to get more money for them or better bottles or better barrels. Exactly. Like yep, exactly. I'm of course going to try to do the epic thing, which is brew my, uh, my family's secret recipe. That's right. That's right. Each, each, uh, distiller, each player, uh, when they start, when they inherit this from an ancestor, they also inherit a secret, uh, family recipe that can only be made once. It's a very exotic, uh, spirit that, um, is, is very prestigious and it's a little harder to make. Uh, so it's a good one to try and make over the course of the game. Um, Mm -hmm. and one reason why it's so hard is the core mechanic of distilled, uh, it focuses on how you craft alcohol. And the way you do that is you are tossing in a couple different ingredients. You always have to put water in, you always have to put yeast, and then you always have to put some sort of sugar. So let's, let's take whiskey, for example, um, Mm -hmm. uh, whiskey, um, all around the world is made from different things, but it's always some sort of grain. So it might be a barley in Scotland. It might be a rye in Canada. It might be corn in the States, in the United States, um, et cetera, et cetera. So all around the world, different types of whiskeys. Um, so the way you distill in, in the game is that you have to have at least one uh, of each of those three categories, at least one yeast card, at least one uh, water card, and at least one sugar card, in this case, a grain. You can put more than that, though, in because you're dumping this all into a giant wooden washback, which is on the side of your board, represented kind of by this curved area. And when you put those in, uh, that's you representing you dumping it into this vat. You're then going to mix it all up and the yeast is going to eat the sugars. So again, thematically trying to represent the actual process behind distillation here. Um, the yeast eats the sugars and turns it into alcohol. So you count the number of sugar cards you have. Let's say you have two um, uh, grain cards in there, and you're going to add that many alcohol cards. So you're growing your deck, if you will, because you're going to add all these together into one combined deck. You're going to shuffle it up. Mm-hmm. And then, <clears throat> and this is true to distillation. Um, you're actually going to take the first card on your, the top of your stack of the yeast, water, and the grains and the alcohol. And you're going to take the last card, the bottom card, and you're going to pull them off. You're going to remove them from your batch. The reason for this is that um, in true, truly in distill- distilling alcohol, the first part of the run that comes off of the still and the last part are actually toxic. They will blind you. Oh. They could kill you. <laughs> it's used for nail polish remover. It's not good stuff. Um, <laughs> and distillers know this. They know this full well. Mm. Of course, they're not going to bottle it and blind you. Um, what they're but what what's odd about it is they actually know that they can reuse it, and it's okay when they reuse it in a future batch. 
So you get to do that. You take the first card and the last card and you pull it off and you put it back into your pantry to use in a future distillation round. Well, the problem with that is that mm-hmm. if you were trying to make whiskey and on your recipe card, it says that you need, let's just say you need two grains to make whiskey and you pulled one of those whiskeys out, uh, then you have gone from making whiskey to potentially making vodka or even moonshine. So, oh, wow. So, so you have to think about how much you're going to add. If you want to be sure you make whiskey, you're going to have to add four grains in there so that if you do pull two grains, you still have grains left, um, mm-hmm. thus making a more robust batch. Um, but by doing that, of course, you add more alcohol and alcohol equals money in this game. So it's it's very much kind of a, a, a play on the fact that you could try and get by with the basic ingredients <laughs> and hope to make it. Um, uh, or you could try and be sure, but you're going to have to invest a lot more money and time into that to make uh, to be assured of your batch. Uh, <laughs> and so that's kind of the core mechanic behind the game and kind of what drives people's decisions on kind of what route to, they want to go. When they play. So you could be trying to make Blantons and end up with Duber Russia's number <laughs> one vodka in a plastic bottle. You got it. You you got it. You that's exactly right. I go for a, a beautiful Blantons, put that, you know, put that horse on the top, cap it off. Uh and uh nope, that that could go straight from if you try and basically if you try and take a shortcut, that's what it comes down mm-hmm. to. Uh yep. in quality. You could still do it. You could still do it, but there's also a chance that it's not going to turn out that way at all. And 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 it's going to be have to be marketed to those college students instead. <laughs> I, I love that there's that risk there, but you you don't ever end up with nothing. Is that yeah, right? Exactly. So the worst you could possibly do is make vodka or moonshine. Um, and and both of those are lower in prestige as far as points. And but they mm. they do actually make a decent amount of money. Um, uh, the idea there is that, uh, it's cheaper per, to produce that. And thus, when you sell it, you're going to be making more on the back end. Um, mm-hmm. so, uh, I've tried to design the game in a way that, um, if you bust, if you will, if you want to use it that way, uh, mm-hmm. you're essentially going to still be making, uh, you might not get as many points, but you're going to get a decent amount of money for it. That's really nice. You don't fall too far behind. Exactly. Exactly. Up. Yeah. So you can, so it, it kind of encourages taking risk, which I love. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And, and especially at the beginning of the game, that's what usually people do. They, they kind of hope to make moonshine, um, or plan to make vodka knowing that they're going to get a little bit more income from that as they build up their distillery. And here's the thing, this is what's so, I, this is what I love about, um, uh, the game and how it represents it. That's exactly what distilleries do. So, um, <laughs> distilleries, when they first open, let's say a whiskey distillery opens and they're brand new. Well, whiskey has to be aged for a number of years, uh, and so they can't actually sell their product. So what they do, mm-hmm. especially in Scotland, we see this all the time, and it's happening over here now too, is they make gin or they make vodka mm-hmm. because it's very easy and cheap to produce, um, uh, and they can sell it immediately and get that profit. So I'm trying to represent that same concept in distilled uh, as mm-hmm. well. I love it. Yeah, it, it definitely comes through, and and that's a nice, simple way to represent it that everybody can kind of understand mm-hmm. at a quick glance. Yeah, I just want to ask you a question about playtesting. Are you done playtesting, and how did you get your playtesting done over this very tough time? We've yeah, been- yeah, great question. Uh, I, I I'm never done playtesting. So <laughs> that's the right answer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm never done playtesting. Obviously, until it's it's all sealed up and 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 uh, shipped over mm-hmm. to to backers and everything. But I I started out definitely physical playtesting. I attended protospiels. Um, so protospiels an organization that happens all around the world or around the country. I, I think around the world, but definitely around the country, um, where you designers get together and play each other's games, uh, prototypes. Uh, so I did that. Then the pandemic hit. 
I never imagined myself playing board games on the computer. I, I, I <laughs> could not, I, I can't stand the idea All right, normally in normal times. Right. Um, that's why I love games is, is away from technology around the table with people. But I knew I had to do that when the pandemic hit. So I learned tabletop simulator and I worked very hard with a friend of mine who's also a colleague at my university to implement the game with a kind of a scripted element too to make it as easy as possible for players. Uh, and so now it's been on there for over a year on Tabletop Simulator. It's a free mod. People can, anyone in the world can play anytime they want. And that has allowed me to get a large amount of playtesting data. That's great. So when other people play it, even if you're not around, it records it or uh, oh, that's awesome. That, well, yeah, good. That's a good point. So mm-hmm. if I'm not around and they're just downloading it, it's like you and, you and your friends could play it. I wouldn't know it, but mm-hmm. what I would know is if you filled out the survey, the post playtest survey that I've got there, ah. I would know because you, you you know, I'd be notified and I'd get to see that. And I've gotten a, a number of blind playtest feedback that way. That's very useful, actually. Yeah, That's great. yeah. But then I also just do participate in online cons and online protospiels where I'm basically sitting there and, and watching people and helping people play and then watching and, and asking questions at the end. So I've probably, I've probably tested this around 150 times, I'd say, myself, um, where I've helped people uh, through and asked them questions. And then who knows how many times it's been played outside of that. But mm-hmm. I also have some great people. I've got a developer that I work with on the game. Uh, his name's Richard. He's over in the UK. He's done quite a lot of play testing as well and really helped with that. So it's also using my team that I've, I've kind of brought together to help with that as well. That's amazing. Yeah. First, it was really bummer not to be able to be in person, but now I think a lot of people are finding ways around it and even getting more benefit than they would have if, if at times had just been normal. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the other thing I'd say on that, that I'm, we're discovering is that since we've been play testing this for over a year in tabletop simulator, but not in person, um, mm-hmm. uh, what we found when we did come to come back to starting to test it out in person, to send it to previewers is that certain things do have to be changed. So that would be one kind of uh, piece of advice I'd give to um, any designers out there is that if I could do it over again, I would ha- have primarily play tested online because you can reach people around the world and you can quickly mm-hmm. iterate. But I also would have continued to do some some small play testing in person, even if it's just myself and others. And that was a mistake I made that I'm I'm paying for. I mean, we're we're figuring it out, but I'm paying for <laughs> now in the sense that like, oh, that board is way too big, or oh, that that card layout doesn't make sense in a normal table setting, right? right? Things like that. Yeah, you don't have, have a sorting out. bottle uh, in yeah, person, yeah, either, you know, yeah, online you throw it into like a bin and it resorts it exactly. for you. And- <laughs> uh, yeah, there's some, there's definitely yeah. some pluses to tabletop simulator. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Clean up and set up. Oh, that's man. the two biggest huge, ones for me. Huge. <laughs> that's amazing. We're, we're actually running a, uh, a live board game design contest in Connecticut called the CT fig or the Connecticut festival of any games. Mm-hmm. It's one of the first times people are going to be able to get back together in person oh, and great. check out each other's prototypes and and kind of have other people just play their games in public. So we're really oh, excited. Oh, that's so about awesome. That. Yeah, that's great. Man, I wish you were in the area. I'd I love to have you come down and I check know. that out. Oh, that sounds great. <laughs> well, all right. That that's great. I think we we heard a lot of awesome stuff here. It's a fun game. We've played it already, and we're gonna do the interview uh, the review of it very soon for our show. But if you guys get a chance, check it out on Tabletop Simulator. And uh, Dave, 
Beck, thank you very much for coming by. Oh, thank you. This has been great. So it's so fun to t- chat with you about this. Oh, awesome. Yeah, we'll, we'll be talking more. Don't worry. <laughs> Round two is coming up That's soon. That's right. <laughs>